Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, a Canadian real estate podcast that shows you how to pay off your mortgage sooner and live well while doing it. Now, here's your host, Sean Cooper. Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Stephen Wayman. Stephen is the founder of howtosavemoney.ca and Credit Card Genius, sites dedicated to helping Canadians maximize their money. In my interview with Stephen, we discuss how Stephen burned his mortgage at a young age, buying a forever home, and why the Maritimes is a good place to invest in real estate. Without further ado, here's my interview with Stephen Wayman. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing today? Doing well, Sean. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Well, let's start off by talking about your journey to becoming a homeowner. What made you decide to buy a home in the first place? You know, I think what made me decide to buy a home was that I was getting married and, you know, we were looking at the cost of renting and comparing it to the cost of ownership. We were living in a smaller city, uh, Moncton, New Brunswick, and homes here aren't overly expensive. Interest rates were um, reasonable. And, you know, just looking at the cost comparison, it just felt like you could get a lot more space and own a property for yourself and pay less money than you would towards rent. Now, if you factor in all the extra costs that come with owning a home, then I'm sure it would have been a lot more comparable, but it just felt like the better decision that was right for us. And if you're planning to perhaps start a family later on, when you're renting a place, the landlord call the shots. And if they want you to move from the property, then you might have to move from that school district. So did that play into the decision as well? Like you wanted a more stable life and you didn't want to have to worry about having to leave the property? For sure. We didn't want to have to move. And we were looking to get, you know, something that was a semi-detached instead of just an apartment Um, and if you looked at the prices of those um, which is what we ended up buying was a semi-detached I mean the rent prices were just really high so if we were going to rent it would have had to been a much smaller apartment and you know we really were hoping to have like a backyard space fenced in for our young kids and just a little bit of extra space and bedrooms so we could uh, we could raise a family so yeah that, that factored in a lot really. As they say, you might as well pay your own mortgage than, rather than the landlord's mortgage. Exactly. And that kind of ties into my next question. You also managed to pay off your mortgage at a young age. How did you accomplish this impressive feat? And what tips can you offer for others looking to pay off their mortgage early as well? So there were a lot of factors that, that played into it, um, Sean. But I mean, a lot. I mean, I did end up in a pretty good position overall. So I think it started with both my wife and myself going through school, deciding to you know work jobs and try and pay our own tuition um, without going into debt, and uh, you know receive scholarships by working hard in high school and and applying for them. 
And in addition, you know, uh, I, I put myself through college uh, myself, but, uh, you know, my, my family was able to support uh, as well if necessary, which I mostly declined because I wanted to do it myself. But when it came to buying our first house, he did give us a bit of the down payment, which helped for sure. There was still a sizable chunk left after. And we had, uh, you know, starting good careers. Um, I'm a software developer by trade and I met my wife in school um, and she was doing data analysis for a rather large company here in the Maritimes. You know, we had decent starting out salaries for young professionals. We just took a large portion of our disposable income and applied it towards accelerating the payments on our mortgage we basically would increase it by 10% every year, the regular payments, and then we would do double up payments as well, and then do occasional lump sum payments on top of that. And so we just basically took any extra money that we could get our hands on, and we put it on the mortgage. And so we were able to pay it off um, within five years. And, uh, you know, it it was a great move. And how did you, because a lot of people struggle with this, how did you come up with those extra lump sum payments? I guess the average person thinks, where do I come up with an extra one or $2,000? Was it from doing work on the side? Was it like a bonus at work or a tax refund? Like, how did you come up with those lump sum payments, Stephen? Well, a lot of it, you know, early on when you're a young professional, your, your tax burden isn't that high. And we had leftover, you know, credits from college. There were programs here in New Brunswick that allowed you to get tax refunds and your that carried over from your tuition spending into your first years of working. So anytime we'd get those big tax refunds, we would take that money and and apply it. In addition to just living frugally, have a website how to save money so I was kind of obsessed with getting the best deal on everything and just trying to you know keep expenses low and that just allowed us to pay more and having the double up payments coming out automatically from the account and the increased payments coming out you know you le- you sort of learn to live on on what's left over and that's that's sort of really how we did it so I guess you saw it more like short-term pain for long-term gain if you could really buckle down for those years then you could enjoy the rest of your life without having a mortgage to worry about. For sure. And a lot of people, you know, decide to split their their money between trying to invest and trying to pay down their mortgage if they have any extra money at all. And so I made a conscious decision to, I, my interest rate was around 5%. So I figured a 5% risk-free return and also tax-free because you get all those savings, but you're not paying any extra tax by paying down your mortgage. I figured that was better or close to what I'd likely be able to accomplish in the stock market. So um, just focused all that energy towards the mortgage as opposed to investing. Yeah, same with myself. It's just hard to give up that guaranteed rate of return in terms of paying down your mortgage. So if you're somebody that's risk averse, then certainly paying down the mortgage is a good option to consider. Yeah, for sure. But that's not the end of the story for you in terms of home ownership. You sold your original house and bought what you anticipate to be your forever home. Why did you purchase a forever home? And what are some important features you looked for in a property you plan to stay in long term? We sold the the house, uh, I think after six years in it, we had a career change and uh, we moved back to my hometown of St. John for a few years. But we knew that we might not be staying in those uh, jobs forever and or the city. So we, we rented during that period. 
and then just put the money in uh, short-term savings, kept uh, interest rates chasing between Tangerine and PC Financial whenever the interest rate promotions would come up. And we just sort of kept the money uh, squirreled away. And then once our entrepreneurial journey sort of uh, kicked into full gear and uh, my wife actually uh, joined me, I decided first to go full-time working on our our websites. And then uh, my wife decided to join me. And so at that point, we were sort of location agnostic because we could work from anywhere. And we um, decided to return to uh, the Moncton area because, you know, we liked the city. We liked uh, living there. We thought it was a really functional city. Plus, we had some family here as well. And so then I started, we started looking around at different houses and location was a big factor, but we couldn't find exactly what we were looking for in the location that we wanted. So we ended up going to an area that had a lot of nice houses, but was a little further out of the way than we wanted to, but we figured we could manage because we were working from home at the time. So really what we were looking for was a lot of above ground space with a dedicated area that could be used for an office, a home office, because we were spending our whole days managing our business and often evenings and weekends too. So, you know, we had that really nice space. Um, so what we ended up getting was sort of like a bungalow with a bonus a bonus area or a bonus floor. It's not a full floor, but it's like a half floor um, on top. And that's where we put our office. And then we had our... Uh, entire family on on the main floor, which was something that we didn't really know we wanted until we started looking. But once we we uh, discovered the house that we're currently at, we said, okay, yeah, this is this is going to be perfect for us. It was in the range we were looking to pay, and uh, we thought that you know it had everything we need moving forward. Quality build, you know, also quality was something we were really looking for for something we a place we were planning to stay long term, and you know it, it felt like a really top notch quality house. So we decided to pull the trigger. And you find that it has plenty of space and is there maybe a bedroom or, or two to spare? Well, I mean, it's definitely a large house, especially by Toronto standards. Um, but, you know, uh, in terms of bedrooms, it's not, I mean, we can fit extra people in. Uh, we ended up finishing one room in the basement. The basement is basically unfinished and we finished one room as a guest room. And then we have the three bedrooms uh, on the main floor, one each for my two kids and then one for us. So there's not a lot of extra rooms, but the office space was what we wanted. And, and another real benefit is because we run our own business, we can, uh, we can claim some of the space of our house as expenses towards the business. And the fact that we have an unfinished basement and a large dedicated space for the office means the percentage of the home that we can claim for business purposes is higher. And that actually kind of segues perfectly to my next question. Tell us what it's like to be an entrepreneur and a homeowner. What tips do you have for other self-employed individuals looking to buy real estate? Well, one thing is, is it can be really tricky to get a mortgage, especially if you're first starting out. You need a really solid track record of the business being profitable and stable before A, lenders will consider uh, loaning you. So what you need to do is if you're considering leaving a steady career and then going into entrepreneurship, you should get a nice uh, mortgage term set up ahead of time. If you, uh, if you can swing that, um, if you're looking to get into a house, do it before you leave or be prepared that you might either have to pay higher interest rates on your mortgage or um, need a co-signer if there's somebody who's willing in your family to co-sign for you 
then you can use that possibly as a way to get a lower interest rate. So that's one thing. Another thing is to sort of be aware of what um, opportunities tax-wise you have. If you have a good accountant, then they'll be able to help you with that. But like I said, being able to dedicate um, a, a large percentage of your house towards the business purposes is a big factor. So you want to think about ways that you can maximize that, which helps you um, cover cover all the expenses and uh, saves you a lot of money in the long run because you don't end up paying tax on on all that uh, that portion of the money. So I guess those are the two biggest things. If you're going to be, it depends on if your entrepreneurs might not be working from home, but if they're going to be working from home like me, you know, you want to make sure you have a, a great space um, where you can get away from the noise of the house and focus on your work so that you know, you're as productive as possible in the time that you're working. And certainly if you're getting a mortgage, don't decide once you've purchased the property and the, and the mortgage hasn't funded and the closing day hasn't happened yet, don't decide to be an entrepreneur then and there or quit your job in the middle. That's certainly not a good idea. No. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to be able to make sure that you can pay the mortgage too, of course. Of course. <laughs> so Stephen, you wrote an interesting guest post uh, for my blog a while back on how credit cards can help you become a homeowner. Can you discuss how credit cards can help you when you're a homeowner as well as some of the pitfalls to avoid with them? Yeah, I mean, they can really make it or break it in terms of if you need a mortgage. And what most people do, most Canadians do need a mortgage to get a home. Credit cards are really the easiest way to build your credit by um, using them responsibly. And there's a lot of different things you can do with a credit card to sort of optimize your credit score. But the, the main one is just having that stable track record of years of paying a bill on time every month without fail. You really want to make sure that you never miss a payment because that can get reported to the credit bureaus and has a long-term lasting impact on your credit score. So setting up automatic, automated payments, if you're sure there's going to be enough money in your bank account, is one way to make sure that you're never late. Uh, my personal system that I, I hear to for years was always logging into all my accounts by setting up a calendar reminder twice a month. By logging in twice a month, you're guaranteed to never be late because with the three-week grace period that almost every credit card has, by doing it every two weeks, you'll never, even if it's on a set day, you'll never be late with your payment. So that's one thing is to get your credit score ready so that you can get a nice mortgage from a, an A lender at a good rate. And the other thing, you know, is is rewards. I mean, if you're responsibly using a credit card, um, the rewards that come with them is is like free money. So you can, especially if you have a cashback credit card, you can you know squirrel away that money, and it, often you might redeem it only once a year. And you can you know earn up to depending on your income and spending, you know five hundred dollars plus a year. And if you do that for a few years, you know you're starting to get um, a little addition to your down payment which is just a nice bonus to have, right? And then anytime, of course, that you uh, get a new house or a new space to live in, there's usually some furnishing that's going on. Depending on your, you know, you might be a Kijiji person and you get everything used, but generally you have to buy some new appliances, some new uh, furnishings and some new stuff to go in the house. And credit cards can help you out in particular with uh, extended warranties. Anytime you buy something, uh, for a house, you're going to have a salesperson uh, trying to get you an extended warranty on that product, which is usually just a big moneymaker for them. And sometimes the terms and conditions of the warranties themselves can be a little bit dubious if you don't uh, take the time to read them. But the great thing with many credit cards, and in particular premium credit cards, is they come with extended warranties that double or in some rare cases triple 
the length of the warranty, the original manufacturer's warranty, up to an additional one year, and in some rare cases, up to two or three years. And you know that's a great way of getting that extra coverage if something breaks uh, in your new home. For example, um, we we when we were renting that time I told you about, um, we just purchased a new washer and dryer set from Sears when they were still in business, and it uh, it broke just after a year the the washing machine, and I was able to put a claim through uh, the extended warranty on my credit card. It was over I think. three to $400 to fix it. And uh, it was entirely refunded by my credit card. So that was, that was an amazing, amazing perk for sure. That's great to hear. I mean, I guess it's uh, not the greatest thing when your washing machines breaks, but at least your credit card was kind of there to save the day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for all that helpful tips. And uh, just one further tip that I wanted to mention, a lot of homeowners want to buy some furniture for their new property, but I just caution that if you're going to be buying furniture on your credit card, you might want to wait until you already moved into the property because mortgage lenders might pull your credit one more time before the mortgage funds. And if you charge a ton of stuff on your credit card, it could run into issues in terms of qualifying for the mortgage. So just kind of be careful on on stuff like that and be sure to mention that to your mortgage broker. And if you're kind of on the edge of qualifying, then certainly be careful with something like that. Yeah, one thing you could do there, Sean, if you you didn't want to wait for whatever reason is you could prepay the credit card ahead of time and then make the purchase. I'm assuming I'm only recommending you buy your furniture if you have the money in your bank account to pay for it. So you could prepay the credit card. And then when the purchase goes through, it would just go out of that credit balance. Or, you know, you can just log into your um, online banking and, and send the money from your checking account right after you make the purchase. There might be a day or two there where it will show up, but they're usually pretty good at, you know, receiving those payments within a couple of days. But yes, I, I agree. You know, you want to make sure that your your cards don't look maxed out because that does does definitely does look bad to a lender. Great advice. Now you live in Moncton, New Brunswick. For those unfamiliar with this market, why is it a good place to own real estate? And where else in the Maritimes might be a good place to invest in real estate as well? Yeah, so Moncton, New Brunswick is a great place to own real estate. It used to be the cheapest city pretty much in all of the Maritimes in terms of like cities that have a decent population for home ownership. I think it's risen a little bit. It may no longer be quite the cheapest, but it's it's still very inexpensive. And the great thing about Moncton is it's the hub of the Maritimes. So we have all the major retailers because people travel from St. John, from Fredericton, from all throughout Halifax and, and, and Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island, they all come to Moncton for, for shopping. So it, it also makes it sort of a hub of commerce, a hub of employment, as sort of a place that people want to be. So I really believe that that increases the d- demand here for real estate. And of course, wherever there's demand, you're eventually going to get rising prices. So yeah, I think that Moncton is a great place to live for all of those reasons. And it's also, you know, has a bit of a hub in terms of the the technology community, which is higher than average paying jobs. And so we have a tech community here. Uh, We're not, you know, maybe the same as Toronto, but um, for a smaller city, there's, there's quite a lot happening and quite a lot of higher paying jobs. We even have TD uh, opening up a a brand new business operations center. I think they're hiring over a thousand people here in the coming months. And we also have a great call center industry too. 
a lot of customer service jobs available if that's something that you'd be interested in other places throughout the Maritimes. I mean, Halifax is is sort of the biggest city in the Maritimes. And I think it's got all the great factors of a big city, but still a little bit of the Maritimes smaller city charm. So it's it's a great place if you don't want to be in a, a as busy place as, you know, Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto, Quebec City, Montreal kind of thing, but you still want to have all the amenities of a city. So I, I would say Halifax is is a great spot. And the other thing I would say, I would think would be a good investment is Shoreline Real Estate in Prince Edward Island. I mean, it's a small island and it's a great vacation spot, a great spot to go to retire after you put in your years of, of work and you're ready to sort of have a, a retirement home and, you know, they're not making any more land over there. So I think that the home values are only going to go up coastline Prince Edward Island. And I think with more people telecommuting these days, if you've already settled down and started a family and your family doesn't mind relocating, then with the affordable cost of living in a place like the Maritimes versus Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, it's certainly something worth considering if you enjoy that lifestyle. Absolutely. Great. So Stephen, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you're working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I have two main uh, websites. I started uh, How to Save Money, which is an online blog um, and resource for Canadians to uh, find everything about saving money and managing their money better. I started that in 2010, and we have plenty of regular visitors, and it's a wealth of information. And our more newer project is Credit Card Genius, um, which is the most advanced credit card comparison website available in Canada. Um, we have our proprietary genius rating system, which takes your preferences and combines that with more than 50 features of every credit card on the Canadian market and produces a score for every credit card in Canada just for you personally. And that allows you to know exactly what the right card is for you. And uh, we have a much, uh, an even better system that we're, we're launching uh, really soon. It's called uh, Rate, Your Rate Your Wallet or sort of a user profile where you can add cards to your own wallet and tell us about your spending and, and your preferences. And it will keep track of, of the details of your wallet, give you recommendations of, of other cards that might be complementary to the ones already in your wallet. And in addition, we're, we're starting to um, build a feature where you will be able to connect to your bank account, analyze your spending, and get regular updates about the rewards you're earning, the amount of interest you're saving, and um, how, your, how your wallet is working for you based on what you care about and your spending habits. Great. I'll be sure to include information about your website in the show notes. And definitely, if you're looking for some cash back as a new homeowner and you want a credit card that will help you in that regard, certainly be sure to check out Stephen's website. Thanks, John. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Stephen. It was wonderful to have you. It was great to be here. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Burn Your Mortgage podcast. Besides being a podcast host and money coach, I'm also a licensed mortgage broker. If you or anyone you know family, friends, co-workers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or a second opinion, feel free to reach out. You can reach me by email at seancooperwriter 
at gmail.com or you can call or text me at 647-867-3711. Also, be sure to head on over to www.seancooperwriter.com and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. You can also sign up for a free one-on-one 15-minute money coaching consultation with yours truly. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you burn your mortgage sooner too. Once again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.